0: Life Radio. <laughs> this is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets.
1: Hello, you're listening to Animal Party on Pet Life Radio with me, Deb Wolf, and I'm here in Maple Ridge near Vancouver, BC, Canada, and we're about to get what we call a cold spell, which is 0, so 32, and sunny and bright, and it makes me so happy. But today I'll be talking to Dr. Jory back in Toronto, who's dealing with winter like all you other people in the in the west and well, in the Midwest and the east of North America. So, we're going to ask him some questions. And find out what you can do to make it easier on your pets. Welcome to the show, Dr. Jory.
0: Thanks for having me. Actually, today we're up in Collingwood. So we're in a ski area. Barely any snow, we keep losing it. But we finally think winter is here. So today's okay. only minus nine Celsius. What's that, about 20? Okay. But hopefully uh-huh. by next weekend, it'll be about minus 25, which is actually minus 25.
1: Oh, uh, Oh. Uh. That's just, to me, terrible. I like what, uh, you know, this Pet Life radio show where it's produced in Florida. I like what they got, 80 degrees and sunny. I'll take that any day over winter. But, you know, here it's usually raining. It's usually eight or nine or 10 degrees above zero. It's zero and sunny is, is a nice change. Nice, nice change to see the sun. So, Dr. Jory, what should people do to make it easier on their pets? I worry about the ground. You know, the salt and the chemicals and all that crap on the ground.
0: Well, when it gets really cold like that, the big two things are, that I worry about are their feet mm-hmm. and then getting too cold, so hypothermia. So I've got two very different dogs, for instance, that I go hiking the hills with out here. One's my Dalmatian, who's built for Florida, and my Labrador, who's more more insulated but is not an Arctic dog. And so they both need different things. So for the Dal, when I take her up a mountain for she absolutely needs something Jacket. on her because oh, it's okay. too cold for her paws and she needs a coat yeah she absolutely needs a coat and you also have to be think about you know there's a range of temperature where i'll take her once it starts dipping below minus 12 minus 14 then even with a coat She's not built for that.
1: You know what, Dr. Jory? I'm not built for that. I totally relate. (laughs) She and I can sit by the fire and wait for you to come back. We'll make cookies or something. That's just ridiculous. She would agree
0: with you. But (laughs) if I don't run her a little bit every day, she starts to get a little wackadoodle.
1: Well, that's true. Because Dalmatians are not exactly like the Disney movie portrays. They are not lap cats. They are hunting dogs. They're busy. They're they're working dogs. They're meant to run alongside fire. They are the epitome of
0: ADHD. Very, very
1: athletic, let's just say, to be kind. but (laughs) Okay, so you got to run her anyway, so you dress her all up. And she probably loves her outfit because she associates it with exercise, so she's fine with it.
0: She's usually fine with it. She does the usual high-steppy stuff while she's in the house, but once you're out and going, she's happy. But still, you have to remember that even with a coat and boots, once you're minus 12, 15 and and colder, you really don't want to be out there much longer than 10, 15 minutes before you bring them back in. And it's better to do two 15-minute walks spread out than one 30-minute walk where they could get a little bit of frostbite or another kind of injuries like that. The other thing, though, to be aware of is when you've got the the second dog, my Labrador, yes, he's well-insulated, and his feet don't ever seem to bother him, but he won't tell you because he's going to be so motivated to keep running. So you've got to be their parent. You've got to know that once it's getting colder, that you got to shorten those walks up. you got to check their feet. You want to check them before you go and check them when they come back. Because you're right, there is salt out there. There's stuff out there, and if they get some cracks or cuts in their pads, they can start chewing them and take something that could be readily treatable by rinsing their feet off when they come in. If you leave it and it starts to irritate them, they start chewing it overnight, and now you got a problem. Now you got to bring them to see me.
1: Well, and it's a tricky problem because even a small cut on the pad of the foot, every time you bandage it, they walk on it again. And then you have to change it when they go outside. Anyway, it's slow to heal. Even if you use those fancy skin pad things that are meant to regrow skin, which are very expensive, the dog tends to try to rip it off and you cone him, but he can still reach his paw. So, I mean, it's so much better to just wipe his feet every time. And if you see any problems, you know, right away, clean them up. Um, that makes sense. But yeah, the, the boot walk is funny. I like the boot walk. I'd like to see some TikToks of the boot walk, the dogs in boots and the way they act. There's some funny stuff out there with um, if anybody's listening, wants to Google or search in in, uh, some of the social media. There's some really funny stuff for pugs and snow tunnels. People build these little snow tunnels in their backyards for pugs to run through. And it's all over Scandinavia. And it's taking off here too, so it's pretty funny stuff. And the pug goes through it for treats, of course, because why else would a pug bother to run through a snow tunnel? But um, but <laughs> but that's the kind of thing, you know, when you've got your dog out for this 15 minutes, you want to make it count. If you've got a high energy dog, right?
0: 10%. Yep, yeah, you got to do it because otherwise, their poor little brains start to get a little crazy, and then they start looking for trouble because they have got all this agitated, pent up energy. And so the goal is to get rid of that energy in a productive way, as opposed to if you don't burn it off, then you leave to go do whatever you have to do. They will find a way to burn that energy off in the house, generally resulting in trouble and problems. So better to invest the 15, 20 minutes a few times a day than not to invest it and then pay the price for it later.
1: That's true. Okay, we're going to go to break and come back and talk to Dr. Dory some more. Stay tuned on Animal Party Pet Life Radio with me, Deb
0: Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com.
1: Hello, we're back on Animal Party Pet Life Radio. I've talked with you before, Dr. Jory, about dog foods and cat foods and steering clear of the, you know, grain-free fad and this fad, the other fad, raw this, that, the other. But lately I've been seeing more and more feed your dog like part of the family, give him real food, give him farmer's dog, you know, and then they yes. show you open up your fridge and in with your milk and your orange juice. There's this thing packet of some kind for your dog. Okay. So is it better to feed your dog? Like what can you shed some so light is, on this? I get
0: this is a very common question. This is one of the things of, that we have talked about before about what do I wish my patients and their owners would do? And one of the things I wish they would do is ask me about what food is, because my goal is for your pet to have the best food possible to keep them the healthiest, the longest. And the truth of the matter is that the most convenient best food is to feed a high quality pet food. That's because it's easy and it's complete, it's balanced, it's tested, and they're constantly working on it. And there I have, I'm not affiliated with any company. There are four or five foods that I really like. I'm sure everyone's veterinarian also has their preferences. And what I like about these things is I know exactly what's going into their bowl. I know what they're eating. So if they develop issues, then we can rule out things like nutrition being the source of that issue. Plus, if you go on vacation, you can provide your food in Toronto. You can get it in Vancouver. You can get it in Rio de Janeiro. You can get it in France. You can get it all over the world. And so you're not stuck having to change you know on a trip because the food is there. So you're
1: talking consistency. consistency. One of these one of these commercials actually says no living being should eat processed food every day of their life. Your dog needs variety. I'm I'm quoting a commercial honestly. Yeah. It's not Farmer's Dog, it's their competitor, but still, what like does your dog need variety? No,
0: they don't. <laughs> it's it's very good marketing, but the problem is people are looking for Things that make them feel good to feed to their to their dog, and if it looks like more what they're eating, it for whatever reason makes them feel good. The only difference to that is the other marketing-driven, no data to support it fad, which is the raw food diet. These foods that people are feeding are not they're not feeding them to save money. They're not inexpensive. Quite contrary, they're
1: oh no, they're more difficult in every way.
0: The vast majority of them are neither complete or balanced, and there's no benefit, for instance, to feeding your dog or cat the raw food. Because it's just harder for them to digest. There's more ability to become infected. These foods make me a lot of money, actually, because they create more problems than they don't, than they solve.
1: Well, you hear people, you know, waxing profane about how their dog had skin problems and was lazy and wouldn't move. And then they switched to raw diet. Now he's bouncing off the walls and his skin is great and his hair is great. And I do hear that a lot. But I think what's happened is the food they were feeding, the dog had an allergy and now they've sure. stopped the allergy and you could have yeah. just switched to different food.
0: It's, there's no magic to it. but One of the arguments I'll get is, well, I'm being motivated by food companies to recommend their foods. And it's I can understand why people would say that. For me, the best food you can feed your pet is food that you buy yourself from your grocery store, follow an appropriate recipe. And that's critical. It's not something you can make up on your own. That's nutritionally complete and balanced. And now you are in absolute complete control. So what I am going to talk about is there's one website that I really like, and it's run by a veterinary nutritionist of decades of experience. It's called Hillary's Blend. I think the website is balanced it. And every recipe on this website is complete and balanced. And they have life stage. They have disease stages. Even when you're following their recipes, you still have to pick up from them a vitamin mineral mix because the very difficult part of feeding and cooking for your pet is making sure the trace vitamins and minerals are there in the appropriate ratios. Very, very hard to do. Whereas if you follow these recipes, they provide this vitamin mineral mix, which you can get directly from them. And then based on the recipes, you use their scoop and they say this is how much you feed, this is how many scoops you add to the what you're cooking. The recipes are fabulous. Yeah, and that's what I, in,
1: that's what I've noticed though. These dogs that come to camp for boarding that have all these strange foods, they also have pills and potions and vitamins, and yes. so they're not getting everything from their food, which no. you know, I don't want to live like that. It's it's extreme you
0: no know, balanced diet, a healthy, balanced food doesn't require supplementation. And the commercial foods that I like. Don't require supplementation. The home cooked diets, I think, hands down are absolutely the best. You right. you you know exactly what you're feeding. You can feed organic, you can feed non-organic. I would be very careful of try about for, trying to feed vegetarian, but the balance it diets do have a vegetarian diet for some dogs. You can do you cannot do that for a cat. It's not possible. You can do it for a dog. It's harder to keep calories on them, it's harder to keep conditioning on them, but you can yeah. do it. But C4. if you're going to do it, you want to be using a site that is well vetted. And there are not many of them. There are very few. I'm only recommending this one simply because it's the one that I know of. There may be others.
1: I think if you want to feed at your pet vegetarian food, you should get a vegetarian pet.
0: Well, there like you know what? I'm not going to argue with you. <laughs> I for sure you know, won't.
1: Get a bunny.
0: But this is where you want to talk to your vet because your vet will be able to tell you.
1: Right? Like, come on. Goldfish are supposed to have a great memory. Goldfish are supposed to have a better memory than people. And they'll come to the tank and let you pet them. Get a goldfish. If you don't, you know, I I don't know. Okay. So what you said about the pet food companies, though, producing food to attract humans that makes so much sense because so many of them, when you look, you pour the kibble into the bowl and like many, many brands do this where one, each kibble is a different shape. Some are shaped like stars and some are shaped like balls and some are yellow and some are red. And does your dog give a hoot what shape or color that? No, 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 no. Smell, taste. That's it for him he doesn't care what it looks like and red or yellow or brown or little bits of green to show you that they're so green you know I, it's crazy
0: right it's because pets aren't buying food so the marketing is a whole thing and that's one of the problems that we face you know as veterinarians because if if information is kept repeated in the media or in social media then uh, then people start to think it's true and so you have to uh, sort of teach people to unlearn something that they learned that's false, but trying to teach them what is real based on the science and the medicine, they're now very, very skeptical of it, unfortunately, because the last three years with COVID has created a lot of distrust in research. And unfortunately, this is why we're seeing the rise of anecdotal evidence, which means that, oh, I gave my dog this. There's the one TV commercial where the poor little pug was on his last legs. He wasn't needing. We didn't take him to the vet. We just fed him this, and now he's good again. Really? If you were so unwell that you couldn't even move and you weren't eating, you would just try to cook something different as opposed to going to your doctor? Please, please talk to the people who have spent a lifetime and are 100% invested in your animal's well-being. And that is your animal care providers, your veterinarian and their nurses. That's all they're there for. That's That's what I. That's, if I can get one thing across, that's what I want.
1: If you don't like your vet and you dread going, change vets. Because there's going to be one that suits you. Okay, so we're going to go to break and come back. I want to tell you about Daisy and the doorbell. Stay tuned, everybody, to Animal Party on Pet Life Radio.
0: Hello,
1: we're back on Animal Party with Pet Life Radio with me, Deb Wolf, and our guest, Dr. Joy. And I often marvel at how different dogs are from people. But one thing happened the other day. I had this dog, Daisy, a Labradoodle born here, and she's a guest at the kennel, but I had her up at the house just visiting. And because um, her owner was going to pop by to say hi and whatnot. So she was up in the house and on TV, I was watching TV, a doorbell rang. So Daisy ran to the door and started barking, 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 barking. And all my dogs looked at her like she had a screw loose because there's nobody there. They can't hear anybody. There's no- I don't have a doorbell. But so my dogs don't associate a doorbell with anything. Right. And it was on TV. They knew it was coming from the TV. They're looking at her like, what are you stupid? What are you doing? You know, but for Daisy, that idea doorbell equals people, doorbell equals people, doorbell, that's so ingrained in her that even when her senses told her that's a noise from the TV, there's nobody out there. She still couldn't break that idea. Doorbell equals people and off she went. You know, and I find that so interesting how the brain works, you know? And I think sometimes people do think of their dogs and their cats like little humans, like in the example where they color the food for them, dye it with red and yellow. What when a dog doesn't even see those colors particularly well? It's it makes no sense. So when uh, when you're dealing with people, what do you find when they make their dog into a person, what do you find is difficult about that at the, at the vet clinic?
0: The dogs who are treated like small children are often the most challenging to handle because they're usually the most aggressive. Because they have no boundaries, these follow no rules, they're allowed to do whatever they want. And so they achieve top place in their pack in their house. And then the way the alpha wolf maintains that position is with strength in their teeth. So you can't groom them. You can't cut their nails. Trying to take blood becomes dangerous. So you have to use medications to sedate them because they've never learned the rules and limitations and boundaries that they should have. And everyone's looking like, well, I I honestly don't know why. It's very interesting for instance, I had to do a behavior consult on a 180 pound Great Dane. And this is before COVID. So I had to do their, went to their home because he was dominant and aggressive over the house. But he's a really good dog, don't you know? So I come in and say, oh, you have to wait outside until we move him away from the door.
1: But, I love the but, yes, but. But
0: he's a very good dog. (laughs) And you can't go into the family room if he's on the couch. But he's a very good dog. And don't go near him if he's eating, but he's a very good dog. And these are all self-created problems because they're very simple animals. They respond very predictably. They're programmed in very straightforward ways. And yet we mess it up for them all the time.
1: And I bet if you get that baby mama, human, out of the room, the dog is way better.
0: Much better. But Mm -hmm. when they are four years old and they're 180 pounds, you have to be careful. And the training becomes very complicated because they've learned to maintain their position. And whether it's the Dane or even the five-pound peek-a-poo, you know, or your little teeny-tiny morkey poo you can't groom them because all they'll do is bite you because they've learned that they're the top dog. And they get to have everything they want the way they have it. Treating them that way only does them disservice because they're in a constant state of stress because they have to protect the whole pack constantly when they're only three inches off the ground. That's a hard job. It'd be much easier if mom was the boss and mom would tell you when you needed to bark or not as opposed to having to bark all the time.
1: Well, and being drugged every time you need grooming or anything at all at the vet is really not a good recipe for long life and good health and well-being. I mean, you don't want to. It's like you choosing to have, you know, to be put out at the hospital when you need your nails done. It's crazy.
0: Exactly. It is, and it makes a nail trim two hundred and fifty dollars. It's insane.
1: Or your haircut, or your ears cleaned. Like, and not just that. Like the recovery.
0: I have several dogs who can't have their nails cut unless they're on heavy-duty medication. $250 to cut your dog's nails. Can you imagine? But there's no other way to have it done.
1: Well, and the toll it takes on their body and and 100%. these little dogs aren't great at anesthetic anyway, especially the pushed in face ones. So do yourself a favor. If you've got a puppy out there, instead of laughing when this tiny little toy dog nips and is aggressive and is reactive, instead of thinking it's amusing and giving him some tough guy name that makes it funny, you know, train him out of it because it's not good for him. It, it might be funny, but it's not good for him. Not so, good. Okay. So we have to go. I can't believe how fast time went. It always goes so fast with you, Dr. Dory.
0: It was a super time.
1: Okay. What can we leave people with? Something happy from
0: Toronto. Something happy. Well, the, the cold weather's here. So get out, enjoy the weather with your pet. Just make sure that they're protected and that everyone can have a great time.
1: Yeah, and from Vancouver, don't worry. It will warm up and rain again, you people who love the rain. It'll be back soon, and you won't need jackets on your pets anymore, and you can take your burlap sacks off your beautiful winter flowers. We actually have winter flowers here, Jory. Mm Mm-hmm. Yep, we do. Okay. (laughs) so A little gloating from the warm part of Canada. All right, everybody. From me, Deb Wolf, and animal party, and Dr. Jory, Thanks for listening and be good to your animals.
0: Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.